0: we were not supposed to be in conversation, (laughs) like using the structure that was set before. And so us talking is revolutionary. Us taking up space, us using our voices is revolutionary. There's a reward in that, but it's not easy. It's it's difficult. It's very difficult to take up space when the, the system wasn't built for you.
1: It's Uncommon Good, the program where we talk with ordinary people doing uncommon good in service of our common humanity. I'm Polly Reese. Y'all, incredibly honored, excited, amazed that I got to have a conversation with the brilliant Tarek Davis. Tarek, a filmmaker, a screenwriter an improviser a sketch comic he's a multi-hyphenate his previous credits include the eliza schlesinger sketch show on netflix baby wants canty the improvised stage musical freestyle love supreme his own independent horror film page one which you can find on youtube late night with seth myers and these days you can see him as the co-host of the amber ruffin show on peacock we talk about so many things but in particular, our mutual penchant for 90s nostalgia. I might've worn a very special t-shirt for him. Growing up in New Jersey, his love of horror films, dealing with long COVID, and the work of taking up space in the entertainment industry. Y'all, this conversation is incredible. Please enjoy. I wanted to get us started one of the things that we, that we share in common and have, have talked about in the past is um, our, our love of so many things pop culturally in the 90s. I wore a special t-shirt for you today. Oh, you did? <laughs> Lovely. Nice. I wore an original uh, production team uh, t-shirt for the Fox Television, very short-lived Philadelphia run of Family Double Dare. Originally filmed at what is now the NPR studios in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, W.H.Y.Y. And I wanted to I wanted to say, do you have among so many things, do you have any favorite like 90s nostalgia pieces that you own, that you remember, that that light you up, that would that would be an ideal like improv monologue thing to talk about?
0: Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. I've been strangely, you know, I guess this is what, it's not so strange when you get older, you you look back fondly <laughs> on those simpler times. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, for me, uh, I, I will get lost. Uh, there's some, you know, feeds on Instagram that are, that show like old commercials, like old yes. high C, you know, like, Remember the, the, the high C drink, like Yeah. Just I will uh, or on YouTube I will go like I can get lost for a very long time going down a rabbit hole of watching like those commercials. Like the very the things that we considered very disposable to me are very precious right now. It's like, man, we advertise a lot of sugar.
1: Yes. <laughs> so were you an Ecto Cooler kind of man? Ecto Cooler was
0: not my favorite. I, I you know, I do remember it was a, you know, being really excited when that new flavor came out. I mean, <laughs> Ghostbusters fan myself. Yeah. Um, but yeah. the flavor I was that, you know, it was more just like a thing at the lunch table that you are like, "Oh, he's got the Ecto Cooler." Oh, <laughs> like uh, but it wasn't my favorite flavor. Um, but yeah, I grew up in that era of like you know, every lunch I had a, a high C or a Capri sun. And, you know, um, luckily I didn't get diabetes in, (laughs) while I was in elementary school, but, (laughs) but yeah, the, that, that, you know, and so, and seeing the, the, the family double dare shirt reminds me (laughs) just of like, you know, Mark Summers. And then they would tell you like what the family won. And it was like, all these products that we would just be sold, I know they're problematic aspects of that, but something about that time and watching those commercials are very endearing to me they're very comforting
1: i re- i remember in particular like i i uh east Pack, um like mm. the backpacks um, yeah really really terrifying looking rollerblades. um a phone shaped like garfield the cat yep uh <laughs> i had a i had a phone that
0: was like uh, a break in case of emergency phone in my room. Yeah, but it it came in, like, it was so unnecessary. It was so all this plastic around, but I loved it. Um, <laughs> yeah, i you know that would be the th- I miss my room. My room in the '90s is a thing. I I think I, if I could step into a portal of just my room, mm-hmm. uh,
1: I, that would be a real treat. I think there is an adult version of Space Camp, and that was like the the grand prize. Always, if you could go to Space Camp as an adult, would you?
0: Only if Leah Thompson would be there. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I said that out loud, but yeah, I Space Camp the movie was. Uh, I I yeah, I had the biggest crush on Leah Thompson, and that kind of superseded. You know my my nerd interest in Space Camp. It was <laughs> maybe they went hand in hand. <laughs> now as a grown man, and I think I'm a little bit more. I'm wise enough to say no. My genuine interest in Space Camp isn't really going to space as far. Uh, is
1: is it for you? Is it is it like Howard the Duck, Leah Thompson, or Back to the Future, Leah Thompson, or like Back to the Future Two, Leah Thompson?
0: Great question. I mean, Back to the Future was my introduction. Yeah, and was great in that movie. It's a very awkward role now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, looking
0: back. Um, but yeah, I, I I mean, I would I would say Back to the Future. Howard the Duck was very confusing to me as a child. <laughs> I was just like, now I think it's it's pretty revolutionary and great. But like then, I was just like, how does this work? like you know and there weren't many conversations about <laughs> anything even encroaching like sexuality much less yeah. trained species sexuality so like <laughs> i was just like how is this but she's full on in love with this duck oh okay <laughs> um you know it was it was a very yeah it was one of those things that like you know um there were a lot of things of the eighties and nineties that a lot of things that were disturbing any period. But, you know, I I feel like along with those commercials of selling sugar and yeah. thinking back on my parents and thinking back on like, there were a lot of things that we were sold that I really feel like we didn't know how to feel about, especially yeah. parents. And so it was kind of like a shrug of like, eh, they say it's for kids. <laughs> um, when Howard Duck is definitely like, yeah, that comic was not for kids. Yeah. And, um, they were trying to do, you know, it's a lot more subversive. And uh, I think the film was trying to figure out that middle ground and it comes across weird, but you know, that's what I love about that period
1: of time. For me, admittedly, the, the, the failure of Howard the duck for me is not necessarily a failure of the, of like the universe of the film. But for me, it's a failure of imagination. The first, Mm -hmm. like, 11, 12 times that I saw it. Yes, I've seen Howard the Duck 11 or 12 times at a very young age and recently as well. And and the same question applies. Um, why is that duck's bill made out of plastic?
0: Right, right, right.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it was a movie of its time. Yeah. There were so many other like weird, you know, I remember my mom taking me to see the Garbage Bells Kids movie and like yes, another one. Yes. Very strange. Uh, film that, you know, it's one of those films that they are, the studio actively tries to bury and pretend (laughs) doesn't exist. But it did. I was in the movie theater in Westfield, New Jersey, watching that. And, yeah, it it was kind of a lack of imagination. I will say, though, in execution, there's a lack of imagination. But uh, I'm thinking of this um, clip, and and I'm I'm paraphrasing, but it was of uh, Frank Zappa. Mm. And he was talking about you know, his musical career and like, you know, the weirdness of his music and how that was allowed to come out into the public. And he was like, he was like, yeah, you got to understand when I started making music and, you know, the people who greenlit me or the executives who let me in were like these cigar chomping, yeah. like old white guys. Yeah. But and who had no imagination, yeah. but they did have a. All right. I don't know what this is. Throw it out there. See if it works and he's like that's the only way he was allowed in
1: yeah
0: and the system changed and it changed in like the late 60s 70s when like instead of that cigar jumping like you know uh ed asner looking white guy yeah. and i love ed asner by the way r.i.p but mm-hmm. it turned into like the the young hippie the young hick guy hippie guy hip guy yes. and yes. that guy that guy brought in judgment that guy was like, uh, actually, I don't know if this is where, like, what's, you know, I don't think this is what I would like or people like me would like. They would like this. And there's a little bit, there's something lost in the person who doesn't know what something is but tries to throw it up on a wall. Yeah. And I say all that to explain Howard the Duck and <laughs> Cowboysville kids. And I don't know, I don't think we're making projects like that today because yeah, they wouldn't even get past the judgment stage. Like... It'd be like, well, is this hip, you know, as opposed to throw it out there and see what sticks. And to me, that's a lot more exciting of an, of a, of an approach to art. Yeah. Than, I don't know. I think these people would like this, if that makes sense.
1: I, I, I think so. Um, there are plenty of things I think that I've seen as you're describing from that era in particular, where, and I, and I think we just came through one from the pandemic um, because people had to be like, we can't make more than this. Right. So we have to make this. Um, (laughs) I, um, one of the things that I think of in particular um, I'm, I'm a big fan of um, British panel shows and that sort of style of humor where there's, there, there's a gentle premise that, that's largely unimportant, but is the, the, the container in, in which funny people can do silly, dumb things. Um, right. Like the, 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 the conceit of improv, um, yeah. which I'm sure we'll get to very directly at some point. But I saw more chances being taken like that mm. um, during the pandemic yeah. uh, in, in every format. Um, uh, like I, I, I think of content that was on major big four networks that was centered around Zoom relationships. I think of like many like prime like days, like third like Wednesdays and Thursdays nights that were taken up by reboots of dumb shows that probably didn't need to like live beyond their initial runs in the first place. Um. Mm-hmm. And I I'm I'm grateful that, that someone took a chance. That we I that we just didn't air reruns of like Scrubs or Friends or Perfect Strangers or Yeah, and you know, and there's a place for like
0: the nostalgia of those things, yeah. but I do think what happened in the pandemic was you know the all of our, you know, the, the floor was taken from under us, right? And so, yeah. strangely, everyone was not on a level playing field, but everyone was experiencing a similar thing. Yeah. Which doesn't happen a lot for all of us. With all of the divided attention that we have, for all of us to be experiencing something in the same moment Yeah, that's serious, that's threatening, that's scary, it's confusing. Um. And, and what happens in that is I think there was a bit of an erosion of, of you know, status of, you know, clout chasing doesn't mean anything yeah. in, in the height of the pandemic um, because it's <laughs> the post important per, per, person with clout is Dr. Fauci, right? It's like, yeah, yeah, what, yeah. What, what's on that, that person's Instagram feed? That's what's important for that very brief period of time. And it was very brief. And so yeah, and in that I think, you know, I can I can speak for myself, like that sitting at home, being still, yeah, um being present, not having a schedule to do a million and one things, as terrifying as it was, there was something very grounding and lovely Mm -hmm. about it. And artistically fulfilling. Like I just remember like oh, I get to sit and my imagination can go wild because that's a safe place for me
1: to go. And I feel like I'm perhaps not alone in that. I love that phrase, um, like the safety of, of your imagination. And mm-hmm. and like that being the place where you can just sort of like roam free, take chances, um, make mistakes. Um, do you have any like specific practices that like help keep that a safe place that maintain it as this like beloved life-giving like that help protect it?
0: Yeah. Um, I, I, strangely, I, I, I wrote a, an Instagram, I know a Twitter post yesterday that I tweeted and I, I don't, I don't tweet often. I'm trying to tweet yeah. more. I don't know why I'm trying, but I am. <laughs> um, But I wrote like the three M's that are meaningful to me for my mental health, for my like well-being, and they were uh, masking up, Mm. meditation, Mm. and minding my business. And you know, there's like a wink and a nod, like like everything is cute now, right? "Quote unquote cute," but in all seriousness, to answer your question, there's so much out here. And there's so much, um, I've gone through so much, but there's also yeah. the world is a lot, right? And so yeah, for me, the thing that I really, uh, that I'm, I key into, especially when I'm feeling my lowest or feeling a little tapped out creative, uh, creatively, is just kind of bringing it back mm-hmm. to self kind of shutting all that out and kind and yeah and like doing that thing of in meditation and by not jumping in on whatever new trend is going on but really focusing on like well what what was it about the um, Saturday mornings that made me feel you know not just safe but special yeah and alive and you know, excited, revisiting that feeling. Um, I can't go back in time, but I can go back to that feeling. I can go back to, you know, that feeling of watching Back to the Future with my family and hearing, you know, we all know that chime that Zemeckis put in the film, that very special chime. Every time I hear it, it's something, there's something about, and for me, film, uh, very much my first love, um, there's something about that that I'm very fortunate hasn't tapped out for me. That excitement, mm-hmm. and then wanting to take that, like, oh, how do I do that? How do I create that excitement? How do I create something that, you know, elevates the moment? Um, and if I have to do it in a, if it's only in my screenplay or if it's only in, yeah a book that I wrote or a silly Instagram webcomic or online zoom play or a sketch, an improv scene Um, that that's been my life pursuit. Uh, My life pursuit is Mm. to, is to create that feeling, that elevated moment to be a part of it. Um, So another kid can be like, Oh man, yes. Revisit that.
1: And then they create that, and then like it just keeps going yes. on, you know. I hear a desire to just create, create a container where those beautiful things can happen.
0: Yeah, I mean that's, I mean that's what art to me is. It's they are containers of different moments. For some people, they are containers to be like, hey, this is a traumatic moment, and it's important that we recognize it. Right? It's like, yeah, yeah, it is. And there are people who, like, excel at containing those emotions, those moments for us to share um, and feel feel that.
1: Mm. For
0: me, that Saturday morning feel is the thing that I've always been, I've, I've been still chasing. You know, especially today when, like, yeah, we are so, you know, everything, tensions are so divided. Yeah, The meaning of films... Is, is in flux right now in art um, but to me that doesn't the meaning of humanity hasn't changed so
1: mm.
0: yeah how do we the, we still get excited we still want to be connected we still want to um, find out what this is all about and I feel like the best way to do that is like you know through the mythic elevated adventure Yes. It just matters which
1: platform yes. you're trying to tell that story on. You specifically mentioned Saturday morning. Were you a cartoons person?
0: I was a huge Saturday morning cartoons person.
1: I was Saturday
0: morning cartoons all the way up into two thousand eleven mm. when uh Pix Eleven or CW Kids when they finally went off the air. Damn. That was the last that was like the last official like aired Saturday morning. But yeah, no, that was that was my like special time. Do you have any standout favorite series? You know, you hear a lot of people, they'll talk about the big ones. Um, but the ones that stuck with me were usually the small ones that kind of went away. Uh, love Muppet Babies. I mean, Gargoyles was, uh, was dope. I'm the end of middle school, beginning of high school when that mm-hmm. happened. Uh, same with Batman the Animated Series. That was like mm. uh, when I was in middle school and drawing and and trying and like you know uh, drawing comic book art and going to the comic book store and um, I loved Batman the Animated Series. But the thing about Gargoyles was it was the first cartoon I remember. On that level, that was like, oh, Detective Montoya, she's biracial. She's half yes. indigenous and half black. And that is an actual part of her identity. She talks about it's important. Yes. And then they go into the mythology of, and her mother was specifically, I don't know if she was from Kenya or, but like they went into the mythologies of her father's indigenous culture yes. and then her mother's. Um, and then it was voiced, you know, the main Goliath was voiced by Keith David, a black actor. And mm. I remember there was an uh, episode where Goliath, this huge, you know, gargle turns human. And I was expecting him to, you know, be a white guy. And no, they retain the race. He, he, he's, he's black when he's human. And I just remember being like, okay, they're making choices. I'm, I'm old enough yes. to see you're making specific choices here. And I appreciate it um i was getting into shakespeare at that time and Macbeth was a huge recurring character and Mm -hmm. i was just like yo this show is hitting all of my nerd shit like it's hitting (laughs) everything that i'm like uh and doing it well um you know huge into mythology still am and I'm sure that show also helped foster that love even further. But, like, it was, like, yeah, this show, you know, they uh, went in on the Knights of the King, uh, King Arthur and Avalon and, mm. and 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 the Fae and just really, like, were going in on some strange stuff um, right at the perfect time for me in the 90s, early 90s. It was yeah. just like, this is all I want. Um mm. And then it did become a Saturday morning cartoon on ABC and the third season, uh, which they ruined it. It was a different writer production team and yeah, people don't consider it canon. But, um, but yeah, Saturday mornings, like that, to go back to that. Um, yeah, there was just something about, you know, it was, you know, both my parents worked and it was a different feel in the house. Um my mom worked nights, my dad worked in the, the day. Uh, but they were both home Saturday mornings, so that air, air around the house was different. Um, you know, having waking up to the smell of breakfast, Oof. cleaning, and then being able to, you know, watch cartoons until one of my friends came over, and was like, All right, let's go outside. And then you played outside. Yes, for the you rest did. Of the day. And then yes, like, did. so it was Saturdays to me were just like the perfect day. It was, mm. um, played outside and then until the light came on and then came on home and it was Saturday. So mom was making a great dinner or we would have family over
1: and mm. that
0: meant we were all And Saturday nights was, you know, Saturday night at eight was movie night. So it was like, Okay. I'm primed. I am primed for everything. So, like, uh, yeah, those Saturday nights where like my whole family would come over because we were the family that had the VCR. And...
1: You were the you were the Joneses.
0: Yeah, we we my you know we had the VCR and uh yeah. So I was set up for the love of film. Very, mm. I had a very warm place for that, and yeah. And my parents let me, you know, they were. I didn't grow up in a household where there was a lot edited. Mm. Language, (laughs) emotions, (laughs) attitude. Um, But that also meant that, like, you know, family night, like. Because it was an adult movie, didn't mean I had to leave the room. I'm watching with everyone else. Only stipulation was I had to understand what was what I was watching. That was like yeah. the rule. Like my dad was like, "You understand what's going on? All right, explain." I would explain. So you know, I just kind of became a f- a fan, a performer, all in that. Like,
1: yeah, that was kind of my incubation. That it, you know. There's something special about specifically taking time and like being excited about getting up on a Saturday or that that just sparkly golden hour of like 3 to 5pm on like a weekday afternoon like and you didn't know like which episodes were going to be on so it was a Mm -hmm. little bit of a surprise like a little bit of surprise yeah it was very precious mm. it was very
0: precious it's like you don't yeah there's streaming now yeah I don't know if I could explain to a kid then it's just like you just got what you got and you were happy to get it. Um, didn't, you know, if there was a cliffhanger one episode next week, there's no guarantee that it's the part two. Like, exactly. <laughs> unless it was the Stephen King, like, like movie special. Yeah. That Those are the only times you knew like, all right, when they say next week, they mean yeah. next week. Like Storm of the
1: Century or, yeah, um, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah.
0: Give me what i want and i'll go away yeah i remember (laughs) i remember that shit um
1: comb fiore man yes canada's own i i i think i mean we've worked on a couple of things um like i had the privilege of helping to 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 produce uh, a little zoom play of yours um i've had the uh the the great enjoyment of listening to some of your other work seeing you on stage I reckon that you're a bit of a horror enthusiast. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. Tell me where the love comes from.
0: The love of horror came from, you know, I was a very shy, uh, introverted kid. Tons of social anxiety. Yeah. You didn't know it at the time. Um, but everything was very scary. You know, I was the youngest and was a small kid for a long time. Um, and, you know, there are a whole bunch of things about that that I'm sure, like, uh, <laughs> that my therapist that we're still unpacking. Um, <laughs> but, you know, things that, you know, I consciously knew and unconsciously knew at the same time, being yeah. black and being in this suburb that was that felt both safe but then was also clear moments of oh we're in danger um yeah this isn't safe uh and like the the cognitive dissonance between that i trying to figure that out from like three years old of like oh wow this is a this everything feels safe wait a minute nothing is safe right so you you have all that and um I remember the first movie we went, I ever saw Mm. the first movie in the movie theater I ever saw. And I was maybe like three or had to be like three. It was at a drive in. This is my first memory. I don't know if it was the first movie, but my Mm. first clear memory was my parents taking me and my brother to a drive in to see the movie Blue Thunder, which was like an action movie starring Roy Scheider. And like, he's a helicopter pilot and I remember watching it, and you know, I'm in the back seat, and I'm small enough where I, I remember the car was big, so I could like move around, right? So I had to be like three. So mm-hmm. that's the movie playing, but behind us, being that it's a drive-in, there was another movie that you could see the screen, just couldn't hear it, and it was a horror movie, and it was the most horrific, bloody, gory thing. I don't know what, it, cannot remember what the movie is to this day. I just remember. This small child got wrecked, got murdered. And my mom kept trying to get me to turn around, but I was like, you know, fascinated. And that was kind of the start of something. And it was horrifying. And I remember like hating it and being grossed out by it and like not having the the vocabulary to be like, a child died on screen. Children aren't supposed to die, right? And yes. having all those thoughts. Yes. And uh, I, I believe it was the movie, and it's still my favorite horror movie to this day. Fright Night. Oof. And like, I had a real disdain from horror from like that point, and then like I remember seeing the movie Fright Night, which came out I think in 1985. 84, 85, 86, somewhere in those three years. Um, And it's about this guy, this teenager, who finds out his neighbor's a vampire. And no one will believe him. And he enlists the help of this horror movie TV host, Peter Vincent, played by the great Ryan McDowell, yeah, oh. who specializes in killing vampires on screen. But in reality, he's just like, oh, like, I'm just an actor. And he bring, you know, he's like, listen, this guy's a vampire. And the actor fin- you know, finds out he's telling the truth and helps him. And that movie twisted everything for me because it was like, oh, if something's scary and if you follow the rules, you identify it and you follow the rules, you can defeat it. hmm If you file, like, there are rules to defeating a vampire. Oh, there are rules to beating Freddy Krueger. Oh, there are rules to um, beating a werewolf. And, like, Monster Squad was huge for me. Um, And so that was my way in. The world became a little less scary when I realized you can fight monsters. Um, And I know that's not... The twist for everybody but for me that was um the peter vincent character the person who was very scared and terrified but mm-hmm. still um decided to help this kid and they you know they use their know-how they use their intelligence um to prevail that was for me my way in the horror mm. and it was you know it 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 was the it was the they were the steps that I needed, and then you know, as you get older and you realize like <laughs> in life, <laughs> there are no rules, um nope, and the good guys don't always win, but but yeah, that was um, I kind of developed a love there, and from there, I was like, all right, well, what else, what else do I like? oh, I like zombie films, oh, I like these old classic films I love hammer films i love uh which fright night was a love letter to um yeah i love these universal movies oh what's this oh this is different this is blending horror and sci-fi with alien and um the thing and mm. like then i became a huge john carpenter fan
1: and so, yeah, and it hasn't stopped. Are Are there any particular films that you're excited about that that feel like a new idea or at least a new take on a on an yeah. old idea? Yeah, I mean, horror right now is big.
0: Um, yes, there's so much, and I think it's kind of I think it's kind of cool. Although, same with. The superhero thing i have my reservations about that it's like mm-hmm. anytime something gets cool um I, I i get worried that the people who were part of that community first if they remain in that yeah. community when it becomes cool i think yeah. that's an awesome thing right no one wants to see the people gentrified out of their passion um and that's that's kind of my feeling about horror and 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 comic books. And having said that, I will add there was a lot of misogyny, homophobia, racism in those communities that needed to be weeded out. Mm-hmm. Um, and the communities need to become more inclusive, which they are. But you know, I will also add that horror, like hip hop, you know, people talk about the misogyny of hip hop and. Hip-hop was also the most progressive musical form of its time. Yes. Calling that stuff out. Horror, yes. to me, is the most progressive and was the most progressive. Um, you know, even in those times when people were like, oh, it's just a bunch of you know, uh, of young co-eds running around, barely clothed. And I'm like, well, some of that is absolutely true, and some of that is commentary. Um, yeah, yeah. Some of that th- turns that stuff on its head. Yeah. Um, you know, watch uh, Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> and if you see the end of that movie, that movie's talking about a whole bunch of things, right? So, um, yeah, I think the movie Men, I just saw, I saw a trailer for it. It's out. That looked like it's doing some stuff that's really exciting. Um, the mo- I-, I know the, the, the prequel to the movie X... You know, and they're really, they are, I don't like the word, ele, I don't like, I've used the word elevated, but I don't like the term elevating the genre, because I don't think it needed it. But they are definitely, um, with this movie, new movie, like thing, like Ruby, they are, oh, horror isn't just a. It's not like the gross section of the video store yeah. that's close to the porn section anymore
1: is it <laughs> so, is is it um, a reinvigoration or perhaps a reframing
0: I think a bit of both I think it's also I think it's also like you know reflective of where we are societally right like yeah I'm not joking, like, you know, I, I know what it is. I worked in a video store, like, the yeah. horror section was usually close to yeah. the porn section, right? And Absolutely. those were things yeah. that, you know, our society put on the margins on purpose. Yeah, We kink-shamed, and we... yeah. And now people are a lot more comfortable and open with who they are and what they love, who they love. And I think horror is one of those things. So I think like that's part of the reason why like there's such a there's such a you know embracing of the genre now. My two cents of concern. I think that's all beautiful and it's as it should be. My two cents of concern is like the things that we always should be concerned about, right? Like greed and. and and like the chasing of status and fame, right? I'm noticing there are a lot of shows about vampires yeah. from the perspectives of vampires and yes. I think it's fascinating coming out of the pandemic <laughs> that's happening. Especially con- like considering that like I know so many people, being one of them myself, uh, who got through that and is sick and uh, yeah. I experienced long COVID and, yeah, uh, you know, I'm one of those people who are like, yeah, let's continue to mask up. This thing isn't gone and reinfection yeah. can be worse and you can really, really mess someone up, if not kill someone. Yes. Let's take care of each other communally, right? And we were doing that for a bit and then we stopped. And there are a lot of people who are able-bodied and healthy and uh, yeah. don't have to worry about that. <laughs> or don't, or like, or they do, but choose not to. And there are people who, like myself, are actively very concerned about every space we move into, right? Yeah. Because we have to be. And I can't uncouple, I don't, I haven't articulated it yet, but I think it's very funny that a lot of, and it's not just like the movie Ruby is, she's the killer, right? We're telling yes. these stories from the perspective of killer and I think that's cool but I'm also just like what is that about that we want to be vampires that's a society that we want to tell that story from that perspective vampires eat people Yes, they're youthful and they're pretty and they don't get old and they are part of the elite and they go to the, the best clubs and wear the best clothes and I understand why it's appealing. Having said that, the sickness of what that represents is deadly. Yes. And so what if we focus on the people it's deadly to? Is are those stories being told? Anyway, that's that's kind of my that's what I'm seeing in the horror genre right now. I'm also seeing it in the superhero genre, and we really like going after power. We like being pretty, we like being powerful. Yeah. And I get it. I want those things too, but at the end of the day I'm I'm also just this person in this body. Yeah. That isn't perfect. Yeah. That is getting old. That is very human. And there's something super about that. And so I I'm
1: I'm also anxious for those stories. I remember you mentioning some of the struggles of like going through long COVID in the past. We're both working a lot more with Freestyle Love Supreme and the Academy, um, now FLS Plus. Thank you, Wayne yeah. Brady. Thank you. Thank you, Anthony um, yeah. and, and Tommy and, and everybody. Um, mm-hmm. I remember then you describing the struggle of how symptoms just impact in a, in a way I'm going to use a phrase that um, I've used to describe my own experiences of accident recovery. I wonder if this is something that feels relatable. There are some times that I don't recognize the body that I'm living in.
0: Oh, yeah. 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 Absolutely relatable. And there's a resentment in that, an anger, a resentment towards self, an anger towards self. Um blaming of the body right yeah um like what's wrong with you why and to me that you know part of the this healing process that i'm still on and yeah i'm very fortunate to have a a a really supportive group of people around me my partner to my therapist to my doctors and family um but in that you've gotta realize so just in that one moment where you blame your body, where I blame myself, right? I'll get angry at myself. And this goes back to what we were talking about earlier, like mask up meditation, mind my business. Yeah. Um, you're not on your own side and you're you need to heal. You literally need to be you need to, to survive. And you're not on your own side. And that figuring that out, that I wasn't on my own side, that I was like longing for the days that like I'd spend hours at the gym. Like 2019, I was a gym rat. Like uh, I was in, felt I was in great shape, had muscles and could do handstands. And um, 2022, all this stuff is much more difficult. The muscles aren't as, they're not there. Like, um, yes and so and especially in this world where you know we're talking about superheroes and i'm a performer i'm an actor like yeah i would love to be in a marvel movie um i know that would be a challenge not impossible but it'd be a challenge but like you know uh as a cis head identifying man right we don't talk about kind of our images with with body and yeah there's a real you know um issues of masculinity came up in long covid and identity yes. and like well, who am i if i'm not this am i nothing do i even want to survive like you got you go through i have you go through a whole gamut of what your identity was tied to physically and what that means to you spiritually and mentally yeah And you can end up on the other side of a fence, like not on your own team. And so what I figured out about that, was like, well, if I'm not on my own team, it was a real wake up call about what it is to be able-bodied, disabled. If those are terms I'm still new to, like, yeah, it's a whole world I'm new to. And like, Yeah. I do realize that, like, oh, it's not, we do not consider those who aren't fit. And, yeah. And it was to, it goes back to my my love of horror films. Like, you know, the first horror film I wrote that I worked on for over a decade and made a short film, two short films about, and tried to bring the full feature to fruition. And it was just very difficult. And, led to one of the most difficult chapters in my life, trying to make this movie happen. It was all about the black guy that gets killed in horror films. Right? Mm. Um, the premise was, it's called Victim Number 1. I made a short film, page one, you could find somewhere on YouTube, uh, on my director's page. Um, at, uh, uh, I'll, I'll remember in a moment. Jamtown Films. Jam Tom Films, you can find that at the Jam Tom Films page on YouTube. Anyway, the premise was about this black guy who's the black guy who gets killed in horror films. He's yeah. that one. He's like Sean Bean. He's the actor. Like, every role he's cast in, he's the first guy to die. Yeah, He's almost like a internet meme, and he's embarrassed by his career. And he wants to quit, and his agent convinces him to do one last film, and he gets on location, agrees to do it. And he's on set, and things really start to happen. People really start to die, and he's able to survive using his knowledge of being killed in other movies. That (laughs) keeps him alive and keeps everyone else on the set alive, right? So it was like a horror comedy. But I bring it up because, to me, horror films were one of the problematic aspects of, you know, there's the, the trope called The Final Girl. Yes. And I always thought it was interesting because horror films you'll see, depending on what that film writer director is trying to say, they're telling you who they think is worth living at the end of the film.
1: Yes, yes. Who is worthy of life? Yes,
0: right. Yes. Um, and a lot of times I'd watch a film. I'm like, the character that I identify the most with. Most times is the black, the black guy or yes. the black person or, the black person, or, an, or the queer person or the person yes. who's the most humane, the old person, the weak person who has the yes. most to lose. That person always dies. Yes. And to me, that was always the person who had the most life. Like the person who has the most life always dies. And then, you know, uh, you know, the, the woman and her boyfriend live or just the woman. And like, it's usually a white woman. And yes, having gotten COVID and feeling like we were all really in this collective horror movie and worrying and not wanting to be the black guy that dies first or (laughs) dies at all. And then seeing society in large be like, well, we really care about our healthy able bodied white people
1: <laughs> yeah it was a i
0: always knew it it was never something that i was unaware of but the extra aspect of feeling like i had lost my body yeah made me even more aware of that and now to be in the situation where this is a chronic condition yeah it's i'm managing it i'm i'm yes. on the better end of the spectrum but it's something that I'm still working at, something I'm still very aware of. And now we're in this our, our society where like, you know, any regulations, you know, the masking regulations and subways just got removed. I don't ride the subway anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: have that benefit because of I'm making a decent living right now. But there are people who
1: can't. Yeah.
0: People like, you know, going into the grocery store is a terror. Yeah going to the pharmacy to get medication that I need. Like, not everyone there is wearing a mask. That is a potentially life or death situation for some people. And the larger society just keeps moving along. The movie keeps moving along. And to me, I'm like, some of the best characters died. And it just gave me a whole perspective on, like, you know, um, I knew people who died of AIDS in the 80s and 90s, right? Going back to that time, it didn't hit me when I was a kid, but it didn't hit me like it's hitting me now. Like, oh, we lost so much. We lost so much. We lost so many people full of life that didn't have, like, and it was preventable. We're losing people every day, and it's preventable. But we're continuing on. And so I'm just like, huh, yeah, the fact that there's a vampire academy and interviewed interview with the vampire and this vampire show over there, I'm like, yeah, that's, it's not surprising to me. <laughs> and I, I hate for that to be an indictment of society, but I'm like, yeah, why do we... Yo, I don't know if the the vampire is the person we should center, yeah. personally.
1: What do I? So... Whenever, whenever there are pet sounds in in a taping, um, I just call it out. Um, so, um, what do you have a cat?
0: Yeah, he's meowing. Sorry about that.
1: No, it's fine. What is your cat's name? Cat. <laughs> His name is Cat. K A I, I love it. Um, I I'm hoping um, that that is that that is an homage to a particular stand up. Um, no, it's an homage to the uh
0: similar name, very similar name. You got Cat Williams, but the yeah. inverted William Cat, who played Ralph Henkley on Greatest American Hero, ooh, which was ooh, a Saturday cool. morning show. Yes. that I was. So that wasn't a cartoon, but it was a show that I loved. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, yeah. that would be my I have like a jean jacket and I have an official Greatest American Hero, like uh, actual size patch, and it's on the back of a jean like vest that I
1: have. Um, that was, um, yeah, no. Saturday morning was a thing for me, like growing up in like the middle of nowhere in Pennsylvania, um, with with more sheep than cornfields and more cornfields than people, um, and and cer- and certainly uh more people uh than college degrees. Yeah, um. I think Greatest American Hero, like, what? Oh, gosh, I was, like, really cognizant of, of, like, Saturday morning in, like, 88, 89. So, like, that's, like, just, like, a tiny bit, like, before, like, I was, like, re- like, I knew, like, the specialness of that time. Um, yeah. I want to do a little bit of a speed round, a sort of, like, either-or thing. Would would love yeah. to hear which you prefer and why. Mm-hmm. Um, Taylor Hammer, Pork Roll. Oh, I'm a vegetarian. Um,
0: if I'm an '80s kid, it, it's pork roll. <laughs> Going for be- my '80s kid appetite, where I would still eat something like that, it'd be pork roll.
1: Yeah, got you. Um, Ocean City, New Jersey, or Asbury Park. Ooh, I mean, uh
0: my high school choir. We went to Ocean City, New Jersey, every year to like for I forget some competition um so i have very fond memories there uh but asbury park there's something very majestic about that place Mm. um oh i'm gonna say ocean city just because of memories but it's rough it's hard for
1: me it's asbury park because they have um that um they have that that giant like historic pinball parlor um and i can yeah
0: it's yeah i get very nostalgic for new jersey it's a
1: um, very interesting date. Uh Bruce or Dave? Mm. Bruce. Bruce. Understood. Oh. I mean I, I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think Dino Stamatopoulos' um Starburns doing Dave in community is probably a better Dave than Dave, but that's just me. Um mm-hmm um 80s twilight zone or tales from the crypt tales from
0: the crypt Hmm. um yeah 80s 80s twilight zone has the twins of tragic and it doesn't and it just doesn't beat the 60s twilight zone if you said 60s twilight zone it's an easy 60s twilight zone but tales 90s tales from the crypt 80s 90s that was just beautiful it's peak
1: they're
0: telling Mm. great stories
1: um, is there any room in that in that pairing for Erie Indiana? The show Erie Indiana that was on Fox
0: um, I mean I would say yes if Erie Indiana was given more than one season Yeah, you know that show was just starting to was really starting to get good. It deserves an honorable honorablement.
1: There you go, you you started to get to this one a little bit, um, but Bram Stoker's Dracula or Interview with the Vampire? Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, Mm -hmm.
0: I feel like in Interview with the Vampire, it's just Tom Cruise isn't just not right for the start, and it's it's (laughs) the movie has issues. Whereas Bram Stoker's Dracula. Everyone, yes, even Keanu Reeves, <laughs> is really giving their all. Um, they're really giving their all in that film. Francis Ford Coppola is doing so many mm. cool, artistic. Like it, it's like a stage play. That movie,
1: I yeah. love it. And I, I mean, to be fair, like Gary Oldman can do anything.
0: Gary Oldman can do anything. I was I remember when it when he was cast. Um, I was like, uh, oh, he's, I, I think I, for me, Christopher Lee's my favorite Dracula because there's, he's imposing. Ooh. Like, Ooh. there's a, an aspect to Dracula. I'm like, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can take him in a fight. Like, <laughs> that should, <laughs> yeah. that, there's a, there's the actual physical, like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to come out on yeah. top and win this that Christopher Lee brings that I didn't Gary Oldman were around the same height, like, but there is still a a terrifying. And this is, this, you know, goes to the, what a great actor, actress can do. Um, Mm. Yeah. His, his imposingness is, it's not, it's not physical. It's, Gary Oldman definitely tapped into the metaphysical, yeah, which I don't think a lot of people really do, especially today with vampires. Of are like, no, you're not human. And that's terrifying. Like, I'm talking to something that mm. I don't even know if it's breathing. What is that?
1: You know <laughs> what I mean? And, he, and, and Gary Oldman brings that across. Um, what do you think that Bram Stoker's Dracula had that Mary Shelley's Frankenstein was missing? Oh, well, I feel like they're, you know,
0: I think Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is science fiction Mm. and Bram Stoker's Dracula is horror, right? They, and like they, Mm. Mary Shelley's like goes into places of both, but the thing for me is Frankenstein to me isn't a threat. So I'm not scared. I'm, I'm I feel sorry for Frankenstein, or I'm sorry. Let me. I almost lost my nerd card. I feel sorry for Adam, the monster, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. the quote unquote monster. But it, Adam's not. Adam is a newborn being trying to make sense of its existence in a world that hates it, and mankind is the horror, right? That's the twist that's just not scary to me. Hmm. Dracula is something that's terrifying in the sense that you know I remember it was like the um, it was in middle school when I first tried to fifth grade when I tried to get through that book. That was not for fifth grade reading no. level, <laughs> and um, no. my mom got me this really cool version of the book that had illustrations. And I'm like, what's a Romania? <laughs> why are all these letters? Why are there so many letters? Um. But yeah, it, 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 you know, it opened my world. But I, I do remember reading like. You know, uh, again, Abraham Van Helsing is like, yeah, there was an urgency of like, no, we have to if you don't understand, if we don't take care of this threat, we're all done for. And that, that statement in a book is like, okay, yeah, this is terrifying. Oh, this thing is a virus. It spreads. Mm. It spreads and infects others. It corrupts people. Mm-hmm. Um, people that you knew and who were human in one book are not human in the next. Um mm-hmm. You know, Lucy gets messed up, yes. <laughs> right? Yes. Um, we see her. You know, we see this woman go from full of life to sick to dead, with a baby. You know, um, yeah, like to a baby eater. Like, oh, we, you know, it. It the implied history of all that to me, it's like, I was going to tweet this. I think I will, uh, and I still feel this, and I know I'm not alone, but. You know, I'm sure somebody's already written something on this, but I, the analogy between colonialism and vampirism mm. to me seems to be very strong. In a length of like, you know, this aristoc, you know, kind of aristocratic character who drains the life force out of his country and out of the people and their resources, and then comes to your neck of the woods to literally <laughs> to drain the life force out of that place um and still re- retain power and youth and uh the myth of extravagance right um to me yeah colon- ain't nothing scarier than colonialism <laughs> and white supremacy
1: wait we're so- still talking about film right no i'm just kidding. <laughs> right 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 no, like um in in Philly where i'm located there there's a lot of conversation around uh, redlining um and mm-hmm. I mean I mean Tulsa is not the only neighborhood that bombed its own people. <laughs> like
0: nope.
1: The roof is on fire. Nope. Nope. Um And and then I was like that's I, I I mean that that's that's what covid is. Like right. Covid just saps the life out of people and and as you say, like we're we're pretending that it's that it's over.
0: We're pretending that it's over, and so yeah, I'm, it's, to me, it's akin to pretending, like yeah, track. But it's so many, but it, it it tracks right. We pretend that's that's the American pastime. Sadly, yeah. one of ours that's not so healthy. We like to pretend that horror doesn't exist. We put it in the margins. It's over there by the porn section. Let me tell you after working in a video store yeah. a lot of the most respected people you think they go to that porn section <laughs> or and if they can afford it they will have those movies delivered right like yes um the stuff is always they also people go to the horror section people go to the margins cuz yes you know um they always have and they always will But stuff that stuff good and bad exists always and if you ignore it it only it only gets bigger. Yes.
1: There's I <laughs> it was not my intention for us to have this incredible chat about the universal like system but um I'm I'm just going to lean into it. Um I I guess we'll never find out um we'll never find out Buffy versus Vampire Diaries but oh well. Um <laughs> oof i mean i was
0: i was never into either yeah um there's something about buffy i couldn't get into i like the movie the original yeah. movie uh the tv show there's something about it i couldn't get into and uh and then yeah i'm just i don't want, i don't i'm not one of those people who likes to pile on yeah but yeah a lot of stuff tracks for why i wasn't into it i'll just say that yep. vampire diaries by that point i was like. Okay, I, this is it's very CW and
1: um you know yeah I like my Vampire scary yeah you know? agreed um is it time for a reboot of the Universal monsters like is it time for another try at creature at Frankenstein at at Dracula
0: well they keep trying it and I I think as long as they I think the best if you I I think it would work but it it has to come I would never I wouldn't call the movie Invisible Man or yeah um, and I, I know they tried that recently I wouldn't even mar- I would it has to be a surprise for the people and I wouldn't put any big stars in it I wouldn't put Tom Cruise in the mummy <laughs> um Yeah. Like, why would you do that like the you know, you really have to those universal monsters, Bram Stoker's Dracula was about immigration. It was about yeah. an influx of Eastern Europeans into um into England. <laughs> That's what he was he, yes. uh, Bram Stoker, an Irish, yes. you know, Irishman, was writing about the fear of Eastern Europeans and and Jews uh we have you know we got to be very the the Jewish population that's what they that's what that whole book is about um what is that today to me dracula is more akin to trump and his corruption of people and you know i remember that vice presidential debate with pence and kamala harris and when the fly landed on pence's head I just remember being like, that dude's undead. And I that dude is never a vampire. Like, that's never the vampire in a movie. Um, Brett Favre taking the resources from people in Mississippi who need those resources yes. more than anything. Yes. Brett Favre is a vampire. So Dracula would look more like that, right? And I think that would be, that's an, a reboot that I would be interested in. like. The quarterback is the vampire. The Mr. America, you know, salute and stands up straight. And that's the vampire.
1: Mm.
0: It's not, it's not the dark, you know, quote unquote, dark, exotic, problematic stereotype of what a, a European is. It's, it's us. And what do we do about it when it's us? Um. And yeah, and then like I would that would the angle I would start with Dracula, and then like what does that mean for the invisible man? Who is that? To I me, mean, the invisible man is someone who's definitely black, right? Um what is the mummy? We're dealing with you know we're dealing with Egyptian, ancient Egyptian culture. That has to be a story told from that perspective. Um And what that means. Um, Wolfman, to me, is just the about is white toxic masculinity, the rage of that. Mm. And like the freedom some people feel like that's what Trump unleashes, right? Like people feel an endorphin kick when like, oh, man, I'll have to pretend to not be racist anymore. Oof you couldn't keep that mo- you couldn't keep that what what is that why do you feel more free to do that there's something really yeah. scary there right um i didn't mean to actually give all my pitches on these monsters but now i'm thinking about them just like yeah what is that frankenstein's
1: a very different character now i think i think you need a meeting like we, mm-hmm. like i I, th- I think you need a meeting like we need to get a meeting set for you <laughs> like like you have you have a universal monsters like multiverse uh- <laughs> Yeah, apparently I do. Yeah, um,
0: apparently it's been in there, just kicking around. And you asked the right question, but yeah, the, that would be
1: that would be my universal monster reboot. Um, um, where is the Bride of Frankenstein in all of this? I mean, the Bride
0: of Frankenstein to me is that's monsters are an analogy for what we're going through right now, and like. Mm, mm. uh I can't think of the Bride of Frankenstein without thinking about trafficking and Roe yes. and yes, and, you know, that that woman did not like the statement. She hate me, right? You know, Spike Lee made a movie called "She Hate Me." Like, it's a yeah. real that it was potent then. They knew what that meant then, um, and why that and Bride of Frankenstein is such a great sequel to a story of just like, oh yeah, she's. This, you know, Frankenstein, the monster, Dr. Frankenstein, made a woman without her consent to mate with his monster, right? Yeah. That's a, that's, you don't, I don't think you have to stray too far away from the source material.
1: Nope.
0: (laughs) That story is still, still relevant. Um, Care to toss out a creature pitch as well? From the Black Lagoon, I mean, I don't know if I'd be able to top Guillermo de Toro's uh, shape of water. It was,
1: um, mm, but I think, yeah, that
0: was that was it, right? You know, we it's a yes, that's an environmental, we are we are taking resources, and yes, uh, I would. My, my thing, if I really wanted to make it horror, I'm just like, you know, what, who knows what happens when that thing, like, you can make it very alien, is, is <laughs> what I'm saying. You could yes. that, the creature from the Black lagoon could be very alien. And you could do body horror, and it could be gross, really and is. terrifying, and it's like, what the hell is this thing? <laughs> Why did we unearth it, burn it, put it back? Well, it's too late now. Um, yeah, that would be my Universal Monsters pitch. I think we need to get back to... Uh, I can't believe a movie like The Thing was released in theaters, right? like People die horribly in that film. Yes. And I really... For, for me, I weirdly feel like we need to get back to... I feel like people are dying horribly in real life, but in movies, yes. no one dies. And I'm, I'm like, oh, that's
1: got to be the flip. That's got to be the switch. Another guest was talking about how there's just this preoccupation with Hollywood right now about like showing life and vitality and how well we can be and how triumphant um, we are over all things. There's a definite theme to this conversation.
0: Um, And so I'm like, yeah, who's we? Who is we? I don't. I I would. I know this sounds like old man shaking fist at screen, but. I long for the days where I see people that look like people on screen. Like to me, just a person who doesn't have a gym membership to Equinox is revolutionary. We talk about diversity and diversity is important. Representation is important. I think Ariel is a black woman uh, and Little Mermaid Mm -hmm. is important, it needs to happen, right? Um, I also think just someone who knows how much they have in their bank account Who looks like a human being and doesn't isn't hair isn't quaffed and clothes aren't brand new and seeing that person. Yeah. Like you you wanna you wanna quell some of the people that Trump is infected, they don't see themselves. That's, that's the, I, and I'm not trying to, I do not want to sympathize with the, those people in particular, but they're here, um, like all people. But I, I really feel like in large, and I'm speaking specifically about here in the United States and North America, we don't like ourselves and we don't see ourselves yeah. in media anymore. And it's driving a lot of people crazy. And that's not to get more white people middle American people on screen, but I mean like, I do think there is a place of like, hey, but the average person (laughs) who like Panera Bread is where they eat every day, you know, because it's cheap and affordable and that's considered healthy because that's the food that's around if they're in a food desert. That person needs to be on screen. Uh, The person that has to use the subway, even though people aren't wearing masks. That's the person I want to see be the hero in a movie. Um, I don't need to see the person who's, you know, uh, who when the movie is over, like they're also going to be on TikTok selling their album and performing, you know, on a stage somewhere, you know, like that person is very talented and bless them. But that's not the average human being. That's not the average American. Yeah. Um, and until we start seeing ourselves again, until we start seeing the like, oh, life is really precious on film. Because when people get messed up, it is horrible. And it is not desensitizing. Yeah. It is it is in your face. It's immediate. And you don't want to see it again. I don't know. Maybe Maybe
1: we'll start caring for each other again. I hope. Um, oh. I. I want to call out. Not to not to pivot too hard, but I I do want to call out a way that, I see work that you're doing that just show that to me expresses that care, um, mm. and I want to call I... out the work that you do with Freestyle Love Supreme and Amber Ruffin. I look at that show. I one of my favorite reviews. Of, of amber ruffin um was that this is um like th- this is this is a project that mr rogers would have been proud of mm-hmm. when i hear people talking about freestyle love supreme um one of my favorite reviews was that this is a place like thinking th- i mean thinking about how um how tommy and and lynn cast people from the training academy like multiple times, like this is a place where th- anything can actually happen. And I just, I want to say as someone as someone who, being, being yourself, who, who has had a role in cultivating that, in guarding those things, in crafting the narrative that both of those things bring to the public, um, and, 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 and 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 I mean the Free Love Supreme community being one that has impacted me in a deeply personal way around my experience of accident recovery. I just want to say thank you. Oh, buddy, thanks, friend. Thank you. Uh,
0: you've been integral to a lot of the stuff that I've been doing, especially in the pandemic. Um, you're a big part of the play that we did. Awesome invite. And- so grateful to have your help and to know you i
1: i i'm i'm just grateful that there's that there that the there's there's this opportunity in in the work that i see um you doing that there's this opportunity for this really heavy shit like right um like they're like these very deeply weighty things um but then there's there's the capacity to just turn around and to be able to 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 set that aside at the same time um Mm. i'm i'm wondering if it's hit you yet um about uh, and and we've talked about seeing ourselves on tv so like that you stand like you stand in the lineage of like Wanda Sykes and Kevin Eubanks and like all like these these luminary like black figures that have um, um, Larry Wilmore like like this is what maybe the I mean because like Wanda's show was on a Saturday night like as a mid season replacement on Fox. Yep, and like, I watched it. Could, yep. I remember yeah, that. like I, I I still remember the first episode like. Um, with with Daryl Mitchell, like shortly after he'd had his accident and, and was in a chair. Um, like yeah, I it, remember it that too. Just, oh my God, like yeah. Um, like just and I, I, I just watched like the his like reboot of Sergeant Bilko earlier in the day, and he was like, um, but but you, yeah, like you has has it has it hit you yet that that that's a space like that you that you live in now. Um, that's very kind of you. Uh No, I mean, cause
0: I, th- I think it's, it's still, it's still a struggle, right? Like yes. it, it's, I, I acknowledge that and I'm very honored to even be thrown in that grouping. I don't consider myself honestly, like, um, yeah, I, I don't know if I consider myself to be it doesn't it hasn't felt real yet. It feels more mm-hmm. like all right, let's get this every day every day we're on set is it's as fun as it is, as much of a blessing as it is. It's also work. Like we are Yes. It's work to get people to know who we are. Um mm-hmm. you know, Amber is you know, it's my sister and it's a delight to work with and she's such a dynamo and Personally, I'm just like, I want everyone to know who she is. And yeah, um, I'm I I'm like, feel like I'm still a small part of that. Um, but like, that's in this world where there's so much going on and there's so much noise. And, um, you know, we are coming up on season three and. <laughs> um finding out like you know sam b- samantha b is not going to be on the air anymore and yes. Jesus and marrow and yes. the the landscape that we're in is changing and it became it was diverse and now it's it's almost regressing a little bit so it's yeah. it's it definitely feels very special but we're so I, I guess i'll speak for myself we're so in it that i'm like i let's just keep surviving. And maybe we can look back and be like, "Oh wow!" Like we can look over the valley and see, like, "Oh this this is how far we've come." For right now, I'm just like, we are still getting through it. <laughs> um, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, like you're you're still in the trenches. Like yeah, we every. Still in the- I mean, there's something that I remember from, like, earlier in the chat that just, like, the act of survival is just this incredible act of resistance and of triumph. Yeah, it's,
0: you know, everything we've been talking about is, has been, like you said, it's an act of resistance, it's bucking against what was set before. We were not supposed to be in conversation, <laughs>
1: like, yeah,
0: using the structure that was set um, before. And so, us talking is revolutionary, us yeah. taking up space, us using our voices us, is revolutionary. And there's a reward in that, but it's not easy, it's, it's difficult, yeah, it's very difficult to take up space, especially when you, um. Yeah when the, the system wasn't built for you.
1: Thank you for taking up space. Thank you for letting me to take up some of your space and to, to share it with you. Um, I've get, we're very close to the end of our time, so I just have one last question to ask you. Um, the same yeah. last question that I ask everybody. What do you want the world to look like when you're done with it? What do I want the world to look like when
0: I'm done with it? Um, I think my go-to answer was like, you know, I used to use the analogy of, and I think I'm not alone. I think I got this from Muhammad Ali. It's like, you know, you want to leave the room better than you left it, right? Um, Hmm. Better than you, you know, you know the analogy. It's the world's a hotel room. You get there. It should look better when you leave. I still believe that, but I I do, I, I think for me, more importantly, there's a, I don't, I don't think the word is common or humble, but there is a, we really love flashy things right now. Yeah. We really love highly polished, um, you know, if you are popular, um, like, you get, you know, I, I always think it's funny that rich people get more free things. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know I my mean?
1: God, yes.
0: Like, celebrities get a bunch of free things, and rich people get a bunch of free things, and yeah, there are people in the state of Mississippi who do not have water to drink, right? Yes. Whatever that is, I want the opposite of that. That's what I want the world to look like. Um, my good friend Don Hooper, who's a writer, uh, is in the, was has a chapter in the um, the book uh, Black Boy Joy, that was a New York Times bestseller, and his chapter was, I got me a jetpack, yeah. right? My favorite chapter in the book. But that was a statement that he and I used to joke about because we would say, you know, Society tends to give a boost to people who have jetpacks. That was like our inside joke. You got a jetpack. Hey, guess what? Everybody's going to give you a hand. We're going to help you get up there. It's like that person has a jetpack. The people who don't. The people who are in the trenches. um, They're the ones who need help. I've been one of those people. Uh, Sometimes I... I think I still am that person. Um, that's our mandate. There's no other mandate here but to help those other people out. That's what we got to do. Like, and then check in with yourself, help yourself, you know, 3Ms. Mask up, meditate, and check in with yourself. Be in your own team and mind your business, but I would say the last one is also just like uh, you gotta
1: help that person who doesn't have a jetpack. Tarek Davis, thank you so much for being on the show, for being a beloved collaborator and friend, um, and thank you for the work that you continue to do. Oh, it's been
0: my pleasure. This was so much fun. Thanks for having me.
1: My thanks to my guest, Tarek Davis. You can follow Tarek on Instagram and Twitter at Tarek R. Davis. Tarek R. Davis. Catch new episodes of The Amber Ruffin Show on Fridays, streaming only on NBC's Peacock. Thanks for tuning in to Uncommon Good with Polly Reese. This program is produced in Southwest Philadelphia on the unceded land of the Lenny Lenape tribe and the Black Bottom community. If you enjoyed listening to the show, please support us by leaving us a five-star review and a comment and subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps people find us. Uncommon Good is also available on YouTube and Instagram. Follow us there for more accessible video content and some goodies too. We love questions and feedback. You can send us a DM on Instagram or an email at uncommongoodpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, wishing you every uncommon good to do your uncommon good to be the uncommon good.